EMS World Expo is the largest EMS dedicated event in the world, and it's taking you places. And now we bring you stories from Expo. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the EMS Garage and the EMS World Expo podcast from New Orleans this year, uh, 2019. We're also doing stories from Expo. And I'm joined today by Justin Eberly, and we're gonna talk about something that VFIS is doing to help responders. So thank you, welcome. Well, Tell thanks, me a little bit about yourself. Thanks for having us. Uh, it's, it's great to, to be out here at EMS sure. World. I have the pleasure of speaking here later this uh, in this conference. And nice. uh, you know, the big thing is, uh, we're talking about at our booth, uh, is the responderhelp.com website. Uh, okay. This particular uh, resource was put together to celebrate the, the 50th anniversary this year of VFIS. Uh, okay. For those of you that aren't familiar with VFIS, we're an insurance carrier for um, for volunteer firefighters, right? Volunteer firefighters, <laughs> EMS organizations, uh, all across right. North America. Um, right. So uh, one of the things that we do and, and the role that I have at VFIS is kind of unique because uh, while I work for an insurance company, I don't really have any qualifications on the insurance side of things. Right. I come from the emergency services background okay. um, and we focus in on the risk management uh, within an EMS or, or fire-based organization. Um, and so what kind of risk management are you talking about? Well, some of the things that we do, uh, one of the most well-known programs we have is our driver training program and okay. a lot of the supplemental resources we have with that. Um, with those, uh, those education resources, uh, my role is as an educator. Um, so I go and work with our clients to try and reduce their losses. Ultimately, right. a loss, uh, whether it be a, a patient drop, whether it be a vehicle collision, it's bad for, for your business and, and right. EMS and, and my organization um, as well. Um, so with that, we try and put out proactive education-based resources and use that as a risk control method. Nice. Um, so with that, one of the things that we get asked for a lot is standard operating procedures and guidelines and templates. And we mm. go and review a lot of those at times. Um, so one of the things that, that we were thinking of is how can we go and, and uh, peer review some of these SOP and SOG templates. Right. Um, obviously, you still have to go back to your organization's legal counsel and consult with them and go through and make sure that it does fit and meet the needs of your organization. Um, and probably meet the, state and federal state absolutely. laws and local laws and things and, like that. And all of those different variables are out there. So, um, you know, it is something that uh, is something that needs to be done at a, at a local level. Right. Uh, but what can we do to try and provide some resources to point you in the right direction? And cool. we've done that with the education resources. But one of the things with responderhelp.com is we've also compiled a library of SOP and SOG templates uh, that could be utilized to, to start that discussion. And right. uh, we're looking at some of those emerging issues. Uh, you know, one of the things we've seen through claims and then also just through the, the national media is that ambulances are, are getting stolen um, by people. Yeah, no, so crazy, right? Right. Yeah. And, you know, I remember uh, vividly yelling at one of my rookies uh, to why the heck did you take the keys out of the ambulance? That's where we put them. Well, right. in today's day and age, it's one of those things where it's a risk that we face that our, our ambulances, one of our biggest assets, obviously our people are our right. largest asset, but one of our largest assets are our vehicles, too. Mm -hmm. Um, and to have them stolen, driven off, and then crashed by somebody who just gets in the driver's seat and drives away, mm -hmm. uh, that's something that's a, a huge liability and a huge risk on our parts. Um, so one of the policies that we have out there, the templates uh, that could be utilized, is securing EMS vehicles. Right. Um, so we look at what's happening and how we can address that from a, a policy and an administrative control standpoint. Uh, but there's also a lot of research, as, as we've heard through uh, the pre-hospital research forum and other uh, entities out right. there, 
um, where things are happening within our industry to become increasingly evidence-based. There's lots of research. One of the things that we found is there's so many different places, so many different groups that are going and putting out these research papers, the white papers and the studies. Um, and there wasn't one single location where all of those resources could be linked together based right. off of the subject matter. Right. Um, so what uh, we've Google, done, I'm just teasing. No. Google, absolutely. Google's not great. Well, and, and, it's know, great for some what, things, but not what, for what that. What differentiates right. responderhelp.com with right. Google is that everything that is compiled into this system is uh, categorized by the subject matter specific to emergency services organizations. Nice. It's also gone through a review process where at least say that two to three right. individuals have taken a look to see what's in there. Um, it's all what we would consider reputable sources and great right. information. Um, and it's right there at our fingertips to nice. search at responderhelp.com. So you're not going to get anything from like a Ukrainian website? You, you're not. Now, okay, if there's a, uh, a Ukrainian EMS service <laughs> that has gone and done some I don't know research, why I went there, but it did. Right, right. Um, but it, it would have to be something that is, is uh, legitimate information right. that's backed by uh, either an organization, uh, research, um, some type of, of great resource. Um, so in order to do this, VFIS doesn't have all the answers. And we've, right. we've reached, obviously we have our niche area of risk management that we deal with, but uh, for some of these things, uh, we go and reach out to some of our, our partners. And VFIS has been active for a number of years with a variety of national organizations um, and actively participated and supported a number of these right. organizations. And uh, uh, some of those that are on the list, uh, United States Fire Administration, we work very closely with them uh, on research and uh, utilize a lot of their publications in a lot of our education okay. programs. Um, we look at uh, other groups like Cumberland Valley Volunteer Firemen's Association, uh, the National Fallen Firefighters Foundation, uh, International Association of Fire Chiefs. Um, a number of these organizations have gone and, and put out information. Um, Drexel University has been very active with the academic research, uh, specifically related to injuries and, and fatalities. Uh, when you look at their research, um, we've gone and taken a lot of the, the information, the reports that have come out of these different entities, um, cataloged it and, and put it together. Um, it's all searchable, it's mobile friendly. Um, you can go and, and take a look at uh, searching any one given topic and see standard operating procedure templates. You can see white papers and research documentation. You can see uh, from the United States Fire Administration, the, the National Fire Academy, the uh, executive fire officer, EFO, uh, thesis papers uh, that have been written by those individuals. We've uploaded the 4.0 or greater. Right. Uh, they're all indexed now. They, they haven't uh, typically been easily searchable. Um, so those that have uh, been done by fire-based EMS organizations and other org EMS organizations uh, throughout the country as a part of the EFO program uh, have really uh, put a lot of uh, great subjects out there. Um, the unfortunate part is it's, it just wasn't easily accessible before. It was uh, kind of right. buried within the, uh, the United States Fire Administration site. So do I have to be, do I have to have VFIS as my insurer to do this? Not at all. This really? is something, again, that we've wow. done as, uh, as a uh, more or less philanthropic effort. Uh, our founder, Arthur J. Gladfelder, uh, whenever he set up uh, VFIS years ago, uh, did this uh, out of... Uh, a specific need. He saw right. the niche of insurance that just no nobody was insuring the volunteer firefighters. Right. Um, so one of the things that he was always uh, uh, very active in is the community um, within York, Pennsylvania, where we're based, yep. um, and then also throughout the uh, throughout the the fire and EMS industry. Um, he actively supported a lot of these uh, national organizations. Um, was one of the uh, founding uh, members of the National Fallen Firefighters Foundation and. 
uh, has actively supported a lot of these initiatives. So sure. this is one of the things that we did. Uh, uh, unfortunately, he passed away a number of years ago, but uh, in his spirit and with his legacy, we've done this as a celebra celebratory effort uh, of our 50th anniversary. So it Very is nice. totally free for anyone out there in emergency services, um, anyone who can find use out of this. Um, we're also actively looking for partners uh, that would be willing to put their information out on this site um, so that it can be a part of these search results. So uh, that's something we're actively adding more and more content. Right now we have about 3,000 pieces of content. Holy cow. Um, and we're, that number keeps growing every single day. Um, we've officially launched the website uh, uh, earlier this year and the usage continues to increase. Um, we're just trying to get the word out and, um, and be uh, you know, aware of these resources that are out there. Um, nice. All of the VFIS published resources are there as well as on our website. So we do have a lot of, uh, of pieces of information that are now easily accessible and, and cataloged. Um, the one thing is what happens if the information is not out there? We only have 3,000 pieces of information. While that right. number may seem uh, to be fairly large, it's not everything that's out there. Right. Um, so if you type in some things and don't get an answer, um, rather than have the oops splash page that comes right. up, um, one of the things that we, we have linked is the Ask Me Expert section. Right. Um, with that, it, it, you, you're required to go and set up a, a, an account on the, on the system. Uh, but with that, you can go and log in ask one of our experts, a panel of experts, I think there's about 10 to 12 individuals uh, throughout the nation that, that we've gone and worked with to, uh, to be available to answer some of these questions. Right. And if you ask the question, we'll try and provide an answer or point you in the right direction of where that question leads. Um, and that's really where we're going to start cataloging what are the questions that are being asked within our industry and uh, what are some of the short falls of, of our research as it is today? Um, are there resources that we need to start thinking about developing or letting right. folks know within the industry that uh, people are asking this question, let's get them some answers. Did you, now, have you guys allowed individual agencies to submit information? Let's say, let's say my organization thinks we have a great policy on X. Can we submit that and be a part of the record? You absolutely or? could. We've actually worked with a number of our insured departments, uh, okay. uh, looked at some of their SOPs and SOGs and had permission to review those and, and nice. uh, insert them into the system uh, as templates. Um, so we, we actively worked with a, a number of fire chiefs on this uh, to, to develop those templates. So absolutely. And then, and then do you do it, uh, so then is it then further in the library, can you look at it by state? Or is it something that, that it's not that discreet? Um, at this point, we don't have that built out, but it is something that, that we can take a look at. So really, it's it's meant to be a, a nationwide and all across North America. Sure. Um, anyone who could find value in this, not really digging down to that state-specific uh, gotcha. content. Well, jo Dustin, thank you so much. I really appreciate this. I think uh, VFIS doing this and being a part of the community like this is just, it, it, it again gives me hope that uh, you're not just, you know, that we're not, always battling an insurance company or whatever, but they're really here to help us. And I think that's, it's very laudable for them to do. And uh, give me one more time the website and then your contact information. Sure, it is responderhelp.com. Um, and our website is vfis.com. Uh, my contact information can be found at the website okay. and uh, I'll uh, be sure to, to share any information I can on this. Uh, our 800 number is 800-233-1957. Awesome. Um, and you can just reach out to that 800 number and we have one uh, gentleman who's in the office that's able to answer a lot of these questions. Um, nice. and, and of course, we have our education specialists uh, across the country that are uh, working with our insureds. You can reach out to your region's awesome. education specialist. Well, thank you, Justin. I really appreciate it. And thank you all for watching the EMS Garage and EMS World Stories from, e Stories from Expo podcast 
right here on this channel. I'm Chris Monterey, and you'll find more great content right after this.